When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your well-rested, three-week-off-having hosts. Uh, my name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey. It is a beautiful night for a podcast, and it is possible that we have had no weeks off. It's but we've true. had weeks off in your time, but not in our time. Because <laughs> we're yeah, trying to also, prepare. <laughs> trying to be grown-ups. You, you grimaced uh, right as I started to go into our little uh, hello in there. And I was like, is your baby about to come out of you right now? He's literally just moving so much. And it's v- wildly uncomfortable. So again, I apologize if I'm like panting or out of breath this whole time. It's really just because he is... As much on my lungs as he could possibly be, and it's not comfortable. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you are you are at the finish line. You've reached the hundred and seventeenth week, so you yeah, are that's close. About how we feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I'm now at the point where if I were to go into labor, they would not do anything to try and stop it because everything's in the clear. So I'm not. I don't have any reason to believe, as of recording this, that that will happen. But perchance, by the time it gets released, who knows. Much could change. Much could change. It's true. What's the official due date? July 25th, which seems still a very long time away. That is over a month away. I know. (laughs) Well, in in, in real life time, we're recording. Full disclosure, everyone. You're hearing this sometime in in July, uh, but we're recording this June 22nd. Like nothing ever happened. Yes, we're being proactive. Um, yes. but yeah, I was saying to Michael, I was like, I still have so much longer of being pregnant. He was like, you just can't have it both ways. You're always like, Oh, so much longer. And then you're like, Oh, it's so soon. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I like to panic on both ends. It's true. But you're, but you're equal opportunity panicker. It's not, oh, yeah. you know, it's I do not panicking in the worst case scenario and panic. the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, Hey everyone. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy, that's us. We we do things. Uh, great. Well, Grey's Academy is us, but Grey's Anatomy is what we do. Um, so I want to take a moment here and, and say uh, I encourage you all to drink this episode. Um, not me. Not you. Uh, also, if you're pregnant, don't drink. Yeah. Uh, or if you... Or if you're currently are... driving a car, please don't drink. Yeah. Or <laughs> if you are... Uh, Underage underage or a recovering alcoholic like also just don't do that to yourself okay or if you just don't care to partake that's your business you can still I, have a tasty beverage that's not alcoholic yes yes um but i'm gonna give you guys a second here uh click click pause if you haven't and run to the fridge and get a drink so pause 
and run. We are back. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now, if you're coming back, hit that, that play button. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and crack open this drink here. Got to do the three tap rule to avoid any fizzy explosions. One, two, three. And uh, here we go. That was always very good ASMR. Also, yes. I read that um, if you do the tap, you're, you have better success if you tap on the side. I don't know if it's mm. true. I just read that somewhere. Interesting. But uh, this uh, is actually a shout out for uh, our, our avid listeners and supportive friends, Ryan and Leah. I am drinking a Bud Light Seltzer Strawberry Daiquiri. It's very good. Zero sugar, 100 calories, but only 5% alcohol. Not so, an ad, but it could be. Bud Light, give us a call. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, it's cocktail hour every hour with Bud Light Seltzer. <laughs> Delightful. Thank okay, you. Okay, let's do the thing. Um, thank you all for joining us post-break. We hope you all had a nice, a nice 4th of July and a nice time off. Um, we are back with season three. Can't believe it. What a time. What a whole time we've had already. This is um, the first episode of the third season, the 37th episode overall, and it is called Time Has Come Today. Carmen, tell us about the time. Yes, the time. Um, so the time has time has come today is uh, originally performed. Uh, it's by the, the Chambers brothers, uh, written by Willie and Joe Chambers, which I always love when I hear about bands where there's brothers in the name or sisters in the name or family, I guess. And they're actually family, right? Because that's your dream. Um, yeah, my dream is to start a family band. Uh, but uh, Time Has Come Today uh, it was actually a, a pretty big single. Um, and it was released in uh, 1966 by Columbia Records. And uh, – it's actually ended up being off of the full album that came uh, the next year in November 1967, which was also titled uh, The Time Has Come. So uh, this song actually uh, did fairly well. It actually reached as high as number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 in the fall of 1968. So not when the single originally uh, came out. Um, and it, it stayed for five weeks at number 11. Never crack the top 10. Um, so kind of sad, but uh, pretty pretty darn cool to have, you know, just in general anything uh, uh, chart that high. Uh, and then it is, uh, this is a Wikipedia quote here. It is now considered one of the landmark rock songs of the psychedelic era. In Canada, the song reached number nine. That makes so, me feel like you should do LSD and then listen to it. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm pulling the lyrics back up here. Uh, when I listen to the song, so it's it's. I, I don't love the the psychedelic '60s songs. I'm mm -hmm. more of a the Beatles rock, the the, the British, well, the, the, some the of British the Beatles invasion. Went a little psychedelic later on. That's that's fair, but I don't like those songs. Um, you don't it, like it was yellow, more, more Do you poppy. like Yellow Submarine? Yellow Submarine is not a psychedelic song. I'm just it's a, curious. It's a weird song. It's a weird song. <laughs> Do you like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? Yes. Well. 
Uh, fun fact, uh, one of the oldest known uh, quote-unquote bridge fossils found between uh, the very early uh, Homo erectus uh, and Homo sapiens uh, is, is is called Lucy. She was found in Africa somewhere, I believe. Oh, I did know that. Um, I really thought you were making something up, and then you finished, and I was like, oh, no, I've actually heard this before. <laughs> that's because I never lie. I tell the truth in everything you, I do, and I know But you everything. make things up a lot. You don't classify no. it as lying. You classify it as doing a bit. I, I classify it as... <laughs> being a, a masterful storyteller um remember when i shocked you with that of alveoli knowledge on the inside of your yeah, lungs that was and you're like really weird <laughs> like, genius. Why? Why? Uh, this is a real men of genius commercial um anyways so so there were a couple of lyrics in here um that i i thought was very interesting because literally they they say the word time over and over in this episode mm-hmm. and in the song if i actually pull up the lyric page do you see that where it just says time 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 yes so uh, that was the other thing that was very interesting. Um, but there was there was this line specifically where it's, the, uh, now the time has come, there's no place to run, I might get burned by the sun, but I had fun. And if that ain't a Derek and Meredith quote, I don't know what is. <laughs> and I think that that's a perfect way to segue into the show of, uh, you know, th- this whole episode is a me- is a metaphor around running away from having to make choices and mm-hmm. you're running out of time. Or running away from so, your reality. Very interesting in song. General. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, f- fine lyrics, bad song, but congratulations <laughs> to uh, the Chambers Brothers. You, you did good. You did good, boys. You wrote a song. <laughs> I've not done that. Carmen's done it, though. It's true. On more than one occasion. Many times. Um, okay. So let's get into it. This one was written by Shonda. Um, she writes a lot of the finales and a lot of the season openers. So not super surprising. Um, directed by Dan Minahan. Uh, aired September 21st, 2006 to 25.41 million views. I believe that this is the highest viewed season premiere. Interesting. I think that is correct. Um, And the Netflix synopsis for this guy is, Izzy copes with a great loss. Meredith faces decisions about her future after her liaison with Derek. Hmm. So. Liaison. I don't understand Uh, why we have to, like, not spoil who died. (laughs) She's like, Izzy deals with a great loss. We're not going to say that it's Denny, even though you know that, because he died in the season finale. Well, what if this is their first ever episode that they're watching? Maybe they have no idea. that Meredith and Derek liaised. (laughs) Ah, yes. Um, So, question for you. When you're you're doing this research for the show, Mm -hmm. do you ever see... Um, the, or maybe it's one person, but is it one person or a team of people who come up with the soundtrack for the episodes? Um, you know, I don't know who comes up with this. I would, if I had to guess, I would say it's probably an editing team. And then that maybe, um, gets like the final go ahead from whoever's writing and directing. Like maybe the editors maybe would have suggestions unless the writers have something very specific in mind that they like want to use. Well, I only ask because the, this episode 
and and I was looking, I was listening back on on some of our episodes this this past week. the The pilot, the first ever episode we ever did, Hard Day's Night, was mm-hmm. one of them. And you were talking to me, and we were setting up this this narrative of what do I know about the show? And I said, well, I just assumed it was a very soap opera y kind of show. Mm-hmm. This episode felt like the first soap opera that we've seen. Uh, like. I shouldn't say that. It felt very soapy, but it was because of the music. And I just got a lot of weird soapy vibes. Am I the only person or or did you feel that when you were rewatching this as um, well? I didn't catch so much the music on this one. Um, I caught a lot of like, there's obviously the ticking clock mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Time. But I didn't necessarily notice the music as much. Um I do have all of the songs that were in the episode pulled up on this website that I use. Um, not not the songs. It's it's like more it just like, like the score. The score, yes, mm. the score. Thank mm. you. I didn't notice that, but um, I'll be honest. This episode and the second episode of this season kind of run together for me. So I was like waiting for a lot of things to happen that didn't, and then I was like, what what is happening? And then I had to go look it up because I was like, did they actually air together? And I'm just like forgetting that. And they didn't. So I don't know. I just, I guess I'll just always watch them right together. All right. So I think I was more distracted by thinking that it was other episodes and plot points (laughs) that were going to happen and being like, man, I can't wait for this plot point to happen so I can hear Carmen react to it. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, well, shit, that'll be the next episode. Well, there were a couple big plot points in this. There were. This was... And then, well, I, I kept thinking, too, that the whole plague storyline was from, like, season four. And, like, I remember very vividly the the little, the kids and the school and the baby plot line. But I was, like, convinced that I was, like, I'm watching the wrong episode. This plague, this plague storyline is way later. I don't know why I thought that. Can I, can I also just say, and I know we're going to jump into this, both of the actual sick storylines were kind of poorly written for the people i should let hold on let me let me caveat that omar incredible okay yes. um but i feel bad because he didn't get any closure there was no there was no real arc for him and yeah Giselle. we don't see him getting out at the end which is kind of a yeah bummer. and then gosh that that white girl von trapp family was just <laughs> We, I guess the Von Trapps are also white. Um, that American girl Von Trapp family, gosh, I hated them. They were the worst. They're not one family. Oh. It was four different children and four different assume, parents arguing. Oh, that was other. four different parents? Yeah. Wow. Okay. What were you watching? Well, I saw the dad, and then it was all girls, and then I was like, And then it was well, three moms. He had three... Okay, I thought one of them was a mom, and then it was two older sisters, and then four younger sisters. <laughs> Except I did understand that like one of them was they were they were shoplifting, and then there was a uh, there was like I don't know. Anyways, we'll get into it. All right, Kelsey, <laughs> okay. take it away with so, no recap. Yeah, I was about to say starting with no recap, which is bold for a season premiere. Yeah. Here we fucking go. Following last episode my goodness i can't believe there's no recap on this guy yeah 25 Um, million people are like but where's the recap (laughs) but wait is denny still dead (laughs) Um, who who was that one guy that died what happened benny there was something with a with a wire i don't mm. yeah yeah um so i'm just gonna take a quick sip of my of my (laughs) drink here just gonna yes enjoy that um on my behalf 
Um, okay, so we kind of flash around. We see the OR. We see outside of a door. It's raining. We don't know where we are. We're just kind of all over the place. Meredith's voicing over. Um, and then we see Meredith running away from the prom and all of her terrible choices that she's made. Mm-hmm. And uh, good times. <laughs> Starting off strong. Um, and then we cut Richard is sitting in the prom. He's sad. His niece is going to die. It's very sad. Um, Addison. Actually forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> if that. If only there had been a recap to remind yeah, you. Honestly, it's only been one week. Um, Addison is sitting in the trailer wearing Derek's jacket and holding uh, Meredith's panties. So th- th- remember at the end of the episode when they were done having sex and Meredith was like, I can't find my panties. Where are my panties? That's where they are. And Derek stole them. He fucking stole them. He's going to sniff them them later. Didn't even hide them. Well, um, then we have Izzy laying on the floor of the bathroom. And this is another thing where it's kind of like last episode where as much as I do not enjoy Izzy, it's just impossible not to feel so bad for her. Like, No one deserves to go through that. And it's so sad. And Catherine Heigl does such a great job. Um, But it's a very sad episode. Um, So all of the interns are like out in the hallway outside of the bathroom door, arguing, trying to figure out what to do. They're all (laughs) looking at Meredith and being like, well, you go in and talk to her because you're all gross on the inside too. They say dark and twisty. And she said, oh, all of a sudden I'm the president of people (laughs) with crappy lives. (laughs) Just... A delightful title for any of us to be able to hold. Yes. Um, So they're trying to decide who's going to go in to talk to her. Then we get our first flashback. Lots of flashbacks this episode. Well, hold on one second, because it's it's funny when they're like, it's it's familiar territory for you. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Familiar. (laughs) I've never loved a patient. And then he died because I cut his LVAD wire, guys. I mean, that's not what she said, but that's what I'm thinking that her character is saying to herself in that moment. Um, Anyways, first flashback. Take us away. Also, wait, hold on. Okay. Fuck this. Fuck this episode. What the fuck? I spent the entire season three prediction episode saying that there was going to be no recaps because Grays has never once established that they're willing to do recaps and not or flashbacks. I mean, and here we go. We have everyone gets a flashback. Richard gets a flashback. (laughs) Meredith. Everyone gets a fucking flashback. I know. Screw you, everyone. No, in the season three predictions, you're like, you know, if these were good writers, they'd do a flashback. So. Is that what I said? Yes, I, I don't even remember what, what I said. said. I thought I, I, I got I, I'm, I'm riled up because I thought I said that they would never I predicted they would never do a flashback episode. So I'm less riled up now. But I'm glad that I said if they were good writers, they do a flashback episode. Did you know you remembered? Oh, you're a God, bastard. Yes. Of course. Fuck I know. you. <laughs> I do a good job not reacting to your predictions. You, you do. You do. But now <laughs> I'm starting to think that. uh uh what's it thatcher riding in on a horse uh isn't gonna oh, happen because right. you reacted pretty strongly to that one so i'm assuming that doesn't happen it's now true well i did say that that was how season three was gonna open so oh right 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 we might okay have i'm sorry that one out. um all right okay. go ahead so we get our first flashback they're at the intern mixer they look like little tiny babies um it really hasn't been that long right it hasn't even technically been a full year um which is crazy because it's been a lot of episodes, but it hasn't been a full year. Well, one year in um, one year in real time is three seasons 
of of Grey's Anatomy. Well, two seasons of Grey's Anatomy. So um, apparently that's the that's the way they're doing it. Who told you that? <laughs> Just right now. You said it hasn't even been a year. They're yeah, still it in hasn't, their first and we've, year. we're past two seasons, so... Yeah, we're into our third one. I'm saying, yes. so what's, what is the age limit of each moving forward? Is one season, one year in residency? Like, what, what are so, we supposed, okay, to, so supposed to expect? Do you actually want me to tell you? Because it's very convoluted. Then no, don't tell me. Okay. When, when it gets more... Le- when it, let me just say there's no consistency. Do they graduate or reach their season, their, their like second year in the middle of season yeah, they, three or something? No, they have like the end of the intern year at certain point. And then they have like the end of their um, residency and the when they're all looking for fellowships and stuff, but there's also like a two episode period that spans the course of a year way down the line. But I'm just saying like, and then there's certain, like a lot of the seasons kind of gradually go to being a year, but there's, it's not like, Oh, every season is a year. So it's just, it varies is the answer, but they do a good job of like explaining it when it's important that, you know, what the time frame is. I am like, I like don't have a belly button anymore and it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> it's really weird. You Sorry. say you don't have a belly button anymore? No, I'm at that point in pregnancy where it's just like flat and I hate it. It's so weird. Sorry if that's weird to anybody. It's medical. Grey's Anatomy. Okay. So uh, we see Alex talking to Izzy at the mixer. They're little babies. Still um, a douchebag, even back then. Clearly thinks she's hot and like wants to sleep with her. Um, is very judgy because she's pretty. So he's like, "Oh, you can't be a surgeon. You must be like pediatrics." Well, whatever. Um, so fun. And then we cut back to the bathroom, and George is trying to talk to Izzy, and she's just like, "Please stop talking. Just don't. There's, don't bother. There's nothing to say." And then George says. I'm so sorry. And Izzy just says, yeah, me too. And it's very sad. It's just a sad time. Which part? Oh, the... With George and Izzy on the bathroom floor. Right. Okay. I... I really liked this episode. How it, it was very reminiscent of the season two finale where each of them had a moment in Weber's office. Yes. Each of them got some time with Izzy. And it was... Just each scene was really good. Yeah, I agree. Except we don't get an Alex Izzy bathroom scene, which is weird. It's weird that we don't get that. We should get yeah. it because he's there at the beginning well, of the episode. He's there, and then we just he leaves. And that's so. I actually made a note of that. I'm and I'm and I almost skimmed over it. So I would like to make a prediction. Okay, I would like to accept the prediction. I predict that season three is going to be the season that Alex more entrenches himself into that friendship group. Okay. Now that now that he's told us his feelings at the end of season two, how he really feels, uh, this season three is going to be really where he starts to entrench himself into that friend group. That is my prediction. Okay. And uh, I've got a good feeling about it. And there's going to be some flashbacks because I'm, in, I'm an incredible <laughs> writer. Because they already are. Okay. Yes. Um, so then we go to the hospital and um dr bailey is there with the guy from the funeral home and she's basically has to she's there to verify that denny is denny because he doesn't have any family to do it so she does it and this guy is what a schmuck (laughs) what do you say you don't know how often i take the wrong guy (laughs) 
he goes, I, you got to verify so I don't take the wrong guy. And she goes, that happens. And he says, you wouldn't believe how many times I took the wrong guy. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's absurd. Um, Can you then, imagine that happening? <laughs> you show up and you go to mourn the loss of someone. And it's like, uh, this is not my this is not my hobby. This is not them. You would have to, like, have an open casket to know. Like, if you don't have an open casket, like, would you even know? You wouldn't, or if they cremate, you wouldn't know. That's just someone else's ashes. Yeah, that's Ugh, unfortunate weird. to think about. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Do you remember that thing from like? Oh my god, it was a billion years ago. I think I was like in high school. They found some funeral home in Georgia that was just like giving people ash, and they just like had a bunch of dead bodies like just thrown in the back, like in a hole. Yeah, yeah, that I remember that. Wild. Well, there's also um, there's also the uh, the there was a veterinary ring recently where they were just yes. throwing a whole bunch of animals into one giant bonfire and then just saying, yeah. "Oh, here's your here's your dog, here's your cat, here's yeah. your ferret," you know, just like just a a yes. bonfire it's of weird. dead animals. Just, but when it's you so... do, I I assume it's the same with people. I don't know. Um, but when you like, I had an animal cremated and you have to like sign a thing that's like i understand that these might also be other animals ashes in this with my animal because like they can only clean it so much right it's just strange yeah i i want to be cremated though so they have they have hopefully 60 to 140 years for them to figure out how to um, why would you want to live that much longer aren't you tired i'm so tired (laughs) (laughs) i i expect by the time that we get to that age uh the medical field 170 by the time we get to 170 no no by the time we get to 80 uh, they'll they'll have a way for us to just take our brain and and stream of consciousness and put it in a clone youth body of ours oh okay that's still, yeah. sad. but then I would just have to do all of this over again. No, no, no. Our stream of consciousness exists. Right. But your body still has to age. And that's the unfortunate part. Well, by that point, the cloning process will get so good that you could just pick out whatever year you want of your life. And then you stick with that forever. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we get the really sad moment where Miranda apologizes to Denny's dead body. And it's very sad. I don't like it. I mean, I like it because she does a good job, but I don't like it because it's so sad. Yeah. This this scene, um, and I know I'm rambling a lot. Uh, I guess that's what podcasts are. Um, <laughs> this this scene alone in a vacuum uh, was good, but paired with the end uh, where you kind of start to see when, when Omar's having his breakdown, right? And he's hyperventilating. Right. Uh, you you really see that this you you realize just how tough losing Denny was on Bailey. Yeah, this scene in a vacuum, I don't think you get it. No. You re- like she's you're like I'm sorry, but when she's like, I should have been there. Like I should have been on that case. Should've I should have pushed. Should have taken I should've her. Done, yeah, yeah. So really, really well written episode for for Miranda Bailey here. Um, yeah, they definitely but it, tie but it, was, it together for sure. It was so subtle and and so so well done. Very very nice. Um, so then we get Meredith (laughs) baking sandwiches and being weird. And Christina's like, (laughs) I just, I just love their dynamic in this episode. Um, when Christina's like, what are you doing? And Meredith is like, I'm cooking because that's what you do. And Christina says, no, I know what you do. I'm G I'm a Jew. I know. And then Meredith's just rambling and Christina just goes, 
what did you do? <laughs> I just love that line so much. Oh, what? Did, also, I love when she says, um, it's Shiva. And Meredith goes, is it Shiva? If is he's Catholic? And Christina goes, well, it, I know what to do. I know Shiva. So it's Shiva. <laughs> Because Shiva is what I know how to do. That's right. Like, that's me. Also, but, yeah. I, I love this scene. And, and Christina went up a couple notches in my book here because when Meredith was like, I'm cooking. And I was like, you're making a sandwich, <laughs> you stupid bitch. And then like 45 seconds later, Christina's like, also cooking and making sandwiches are not the same thing. And I was like, yeah. this girl, she gets it. Shiva, yeah. whatever you want, girl. I don't even know what that is. But Shiva it up. But I and learned then, what Shiva is later. And then Meredith says. I lost my panties. And then we cut to Addison gently packaging up the freshly laundered panties in a Ziploc bag to take them to the hospital. Yeah. <sighs> I I did not see I I thought that her her panty story arc was going to be much different. Yes, I'd love to get a prediction on the panties. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think anyone's ever going to take them. I don't know. Panty prediction. Uh, huh? Panty, panty prediction. Panty prediction. Um, my it's official be a panty new prediction. segment we're going to have to do every episode because yeah. there's just going to be so many panties from here on out. Fine. Um, this particular panty prediction um, is brought to you by leftover vanilla panties. bean scones from Starbucks. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. and Victoria's Secret, uh, where your panties are not inclusive. Um because they suck. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that we're ever going to see those again. It's like maybe maybe it'll be a, a, a small f- filler point where Meredith is like, oh, my gosh, my panties. Or Christina finds them and takes them and says, hey, I found these on the bulletin board or some shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I actually thought that Addison was going to, like, give them to Meredith. Ah. Um, and uh, she didn't. But she also goes through an incredible arc this this, this episode. This is a good Addison episode. This is a good Addison episode. Um, okay, so Derek is sitting at the stairs talking to the chief. Both of them never left. Um, and I had to, this. I had to turn on the subtitles. This episode was very mumbly. Did you? Hear it that? was. I was like, why is no one speaking? I understand we're all sad, but like enunciate. <laughs> so yeah. mumbly. Yeah. Um. Uh, so the Bailey comes over, there's a car accident and there's a head trauma in the ER. They need Derek for it. Um, which is Giselle. Uh, the couple is very ill. The wife has no idea what's happening. The husband is just like sweating, very sick, like says it's the flu. Um, Bailey had mentioned that there's, uh, the ER is super busy because there's a lot of flu people, um, coming in. Uh, just cause I guess that's what you do when you get the flu. I don't know. Um, and then, uh, oh, and then the ambulance comes in with the teeny tiny baby. They're like, we found this baby in a trash can at a school and, um, they couldn't even start an IV on the baby because his veins are so small. Um, and Alex kind of looks around and assesses the situation. It's like, we can't keep this teeny premature baby in this room full of people with the flu just hacking up their lungs so he runs away to the NICU and tells Olivia to page Addison and then we get the title card at 724 yes uh so a couple of thoughts on that number one flu season looks a lot like COVID 
Yeah, this episode was, I was like, man, this is uncomfortable with all a of these quarantines. A lot of PTSD and- Yeah. Um, and then also, the, I was I was nervous uh, initially because Alex is like, he's going in to save this baby. And then Olivia kind of freezes. And she's like, yeah. I'm, I'm just down here because they told me to. Uh, and then he's like, well, just like do some shit. And yeah. then... And then he he just brings the baby in without admitting it, which which I think is like he's going rogue. Um, good, but, but I think it was a good, good. It was it was the right call because of yeah. the situation. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was a good it was a good opening section of the show. But damn, how sad is a trash baby? Yeah, that's really sad. So sad. sad. Fuck. And even sadder that it's like fourteen year olds. It's just like a very very upsetting situation. Yeah. Um, so Addison is not in a, in a good mood. We see this immediately when she asks Alex where the mom is and then yells at him for not knowing the answer, even though he doesn't know the answer, he would have no way of knowing the answer. Um, so they have to, because of some platelet issue with the baby's blood or something, they have to do blood tests on the mom to be able to figure out what they have to do to help this baby, which is problematic because they don't know who the mother is. Um, and, uh, it's, it's not good. And I don't then, remember how they actually got those families there. They just like showed they, up. They, right? Yeah. They just, someone comes, someone comes to the door and is like, Oh, some people are here about the baby. So, and the, they say like the principal said they were the last ones to come out of the bathroom before the baby was found. Also, gosh, so many plot holes with this episode. Um, just the girl didn't look like she just pushed out a baby from her. I know, but if you think about it, it's honestly that I don't find that hard to believe solely because of being like a 14 year old and like the uniforms, like they're not that tight. They're pretty loose. And when you think about historically when people were pumping out children, I feel like you would bounce back pretty quickly. (laughs) I feel like you just might. I don't know. Yeah. It's also, we'll, we'll, we'll get more to that. I think, uh, but gosh, the people are the worst. Kids are the worst. Adults (laughs) are the worst. That whole family, that whole group of families, they're all the worst. Yeah. Um, Okay, Derek asked George about Izzy, and he's super dumb. Um, Derek is dumb because he's like, oh, yeah, we all have those patients that are hard to lose. And George is like, you know, that's not what this is about, right? <laughs> you know, that was they were in love. Like, are you you're why are you so stupid? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it was a good moment of Derek being so far up his own ass that he has literally no idea what's going on around. Him. <laughs> um, So that's fun. Um, and then we go back to another great Christina and Meredith scene talking about the, the sex with McDreamy <laughs> and Christina is me in this moment because she's just like, oh, he's standing there all McGuilty like, oh, what does it mean? <laughs> it's like, that's my Derek impression. Pretty spot yeah, on. that was good. That was good. Yeah. Patrick Dempsey. And then, and then she goes, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I love that she says Mick guilty. Anytime yeah. you put Mick in front of something is just the funniest thing that, that yeah, Christina it, says. It's they so do good. it eno- just enough that it maintains its comedic abilities. They, they don't overdo it. Um, yeah. 
which I like because then it stays stays funny. Yeah, uh, it's you could tell that she was judging Meredith, but not in like it wasn't like oh wow you fucked up. It was like girl, I can't believe this happened. Like what the fuck? You it know, was, it was more about Derek. The yeah. thing with Christina and Meredith when they judge each other, they'll it's more about like they'll they'll do anything to blame anyone but each other. Um, it's not always the most healthy, self-aware relationship, but it is an interesting relationship to watch. Um, and then we get a flashback to little baby Meredith on a carousel. And this is a Richard and Ellis uh, moment. Sure enough is. Where uh, basically Ellis is like, well, I left Thatcher. And Richard's like, well, I'm not going to leave Adele. And she's like, but you have to. And he's like, well, I'm not going to buy. <laughs> And Meredith is just riding the carousel like, mommy, look at me. <laughs> no hands. Also, that uh, child is a child um, who is a regular on Gilmore Girls. So I aw. had to notice that. <laughs> look at that. Uh, is she related to Luke Steiner at all? Uh, no. Okay. Um, weird scene. Yeah. Because up until this point, you really only see Ellis as like this hard-headed kind of a kind of a bitch yeah and i say that endearingly um but like a badass is what you badass badass bitch yeah uh and then she's like she's just like she's so distraught over weber not choosing her yeah but i wonder in this timeline if she had already like separated from thatcher there's hopefully there'll be some some answers to that later. Yeah, on I think I mean, I think that's what because I, I only know this because I had the subtitles on because she's like, no, I told Thatcher you were supposed to tell Adele. And he says, well, I can't do that to her. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I did make that out. You're right. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it, I think this is like just happened. Like, I think it was basically along the lines of, OK, we've told them. So now let's meet up and leave together. <laughs> and I'm stealing the baby. So, yeah, that's. That's what happened. That's how it went down. So, you know, call back to in season, the end of season two in Meredith's little one-on-one with the chief when she's like, just so you know, you ruined my childhood. <laughs> that's what this was in reference to. <laughs> um, so that's fun. And also when um, Meredith's mom is lucid and she's like, the carousel never stops turning. And she says that I think it's I think it goes hand in hand with this moment of, of Meredith being on this specific carousel visual um, metaphor and that uh, being a very traumatic moment in Ellis's Ellis's adult life. So that's fun. Um, and then we go back to the hospital. Adele is there. She has made an appointment to see Richard so that she can yell at him. And he obviously finds an excuse to run away because Bailey comes in and is like, Oh, these people were exposed to the plague. So that's fun. So he leaves. If there's, if there's ever a reason to maybe ditch an appointment or like, imagine like, like working from home style right now, right? Like, Oh, I got to cancel my zoom meeting. Something came up. Uh, yeah, the plague happened. So I got to fucking go. Uh, yeah, that's that's a fine excuse. You only get to use that excuse once though. Um, you know, so use it wisely, Weber, because Adele is right there waiting for you. She is not going anywhere. Um, so there. Okay. So then the four girls from the school are at the hospital. 
hate them. They, they say they don't know who the mom is, but they were the last ones in the bathroom. The parents like, just take a DNA test. And Addison's like, those take a, several days. Like, you're dumb. Um, she has, she's not there for the bullshit. She's like so over everyone's petty thing. She's like, this is important. She's like, I don't care about getting you out of here. Like this is, this is actually something that matters and you need to fucking do the right thing. So good on her. Um, then we cut to, uh, Derek and George in the locker room and Derek's like, Oh, you did a good job in surgery. Uh, so then Derek asks George, like, oh, is Izzy at the house? And George says, yeah, I'm going to go go over there now. And Derek says, yeah, me too. And George is like, oh, I just don't think Izzy wants a lot of visitors. And Derek's like, well, I'm going to go see Meredith. And George is like, okay. Um, and then the IDC people show up and they're like, yeah, you can't leave because you might have the plague. <laughs> and... Uh, we don't get to a lot of George and Derek together. Like we kind of got some of it in the first season and it was okay. But <laughs> this like very inconsequential storyline is very amusing to me. It's where they're really just funny. in there and yeah. Derek is bored out of his mind. And George is like petrified that he's going to die. It's also, um, it's very funny. Like this is 2006, six, six. still 2006. Wow. Um, <laughs> All of this is 2006 still. Uh, you don't have like super prevalent use of cell phones. And I don't even think texting mm -hmm. exists now. Uh, and it's not like you can just go on your cell phone and like just start yeah. playing games. Like the only thing that you had that probably could have uh, gotten games on it and like been super kind of remote with you is what your TI-83 plus Texas Instruments calculator where you can load Tetris onto it. I mean, if you had a BlackBerry, if you were cool enough and rich enough to have a BlackBerry. Oh, yeah, which they all around. should be. They all should be, I believe. It, there, it kind of seemed like Derek had something like that, like a, a Palm Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get through that. It's... Uh. Oh, so, so retro, so vintage concept. Um, Palm pilot. Yeah, I do want to to before we go too far away from this. When you when we introduce that those horrible children, uh, at one point I think it was the I think it was the Shannon girl who was like, "Do we look like the kind of girls who yeah. get pregnant and throw their kids in the trash?" Like, yeah. yeah. And you know what? It doesn't matter because anyone could look like that you stupid dumb bitch because you yeah, did it. I was curious if you at that point had a uh, an idea of which one of them it was uh, I had no idea who it was at that yeah point. Uh, and also for some reason I thought maybe another person was going to come out of the woodworks in the episode and it really be them and this yeah. was like a wild goose chase with these girls yeah um, only and then like what uh there was another point where the dad was just so out of touch and he's like oh i know for sure that my daughter's a virgin well how yeah. do you know that because she's 14 uh, bitch people <laughs> were fucking at sixth grade in my school are you kidding yeah, it's me very unsettling how how young some people lose their virginity yeah um yikes especially now like as a parent i'm like Ugh. a parent to a daughter and you and I are the outliers as far as the age at which we've lost our virginity. Uh, most people were much younger than we were. 
and that's fine. I I listen. I mean, we we were still we were still doing what we needed to be doing. Um, <laughs> but but uh, I just I just did not want to be a, a teenage pregnancy statistic. You know, yeah, this is what you were trying to avoid. <laughs> exactly, trash can babies is what I was exactly. trying to avoid specifically. Yes. Um. So yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Just so everyone knows, uh, Kelsey and I we were we were getting ours. Okay, everyone like. <laughs> I, I wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was doing fine. I was like, not really. It's, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, different kudos. people do different things. Anyways. Not, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're glossing over this incredibly awkward conversation. <laughs> oh, this delightful. is what the people want. <laughs> this is what the, the people want to hear us lose our virginities. Yes. All we did, Everyone be all smushing. All we did last episode was say we didn't lose it at prom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Just know that Carmen and I are outliers uh, when it comes to our sexual past. <laughs> in In a good way. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm like, I, uh, I don't okay. Know where I'm going. I don't know where to. Just that we were a little bit later on the virginity. We were maybe uh, having lower body counts than other human beings, <laughs> like Listen. ours, the people we married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who were sluts. Um, they, they were. They were enjoying their youths. In a different I, way than we were enjoying our youths. I listen. This is a whole different podcast it topic really of conversation. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed my youth perfectly fine. Uh, it was just in a different way. That's what I'm saying. Uh, just differently than other people because uh, some other people were less terrified. Yeah, some people were like, "Yeah, like this is never mind." We're some just people just trusted contraceptives. Yes. <laughs> Oh, um, you and I had a healthy, healthy fear that the contraceptives yes. would fail. <laughs> we expect so them we, to fail. Yes. There is no success story that comes from contraception. People are just I'm, too stupid. I'm a God-fearing man. <laughs> well, this is fun. I'm glad we've gotten to this point. It's Anyways, true. Uh, the chief is still avoiding his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Also a God-fearing man. Um, <clears throat> good times. Okay. Uh, so the husband has been quarantined, Omar, and is panicking. So Bailey tries to go calm him down. He's This is when he's kind of, he's like, do you know how long I've been in here? How many days? And she's like, it's like two hours. And he's like, oh, okay. I'm losing uh, it. And so she kind of like talks him down. He's like, she's like, your wife is fine. She came out of surgery. Um, you know, this is what's going on. We're just waiting to get some results back on the plague, whatever, whatever. Um, and then we go, Callie goes to the house and Meredith opens the door and is like, George is in here. And she's like, I, I know that I'm just like being a good person. Can you just stop? Um, and I, yeah, I thought we were past this Meredith. I like this episode. I think we're doing a good job continuing to, um, bring Callie into the group, into the inner circle. It's a good Callie episode. Um, we just get to see like a good side of her, especially like later on when she's talking to Finn and stuff, which we'll get to. But um, when she's like, well, I was worried about George and I was like, I know that Izzy is here. So I thought maybe we could come and like, I could make some food. Um, and so she lets her in 
And then she's like, just so you know, I'm not going to bring up the sex. Like, it's fine. We don't have to talk about it. Um, she's like, she's a pal. She's being a bro. She's being a pal in a good way. Yeah. I also like that she's the second person to go. Is it Shiva if she's Catholic? Yeah. I was like, we're just missing a third person doing it. Yeah, I know. We need the trifecta. It was it was cute, though. Um, I, I specifically wrote here. Um, it's very sweet of her. And I like that. Like, but but where does this go? I'm having a hard time understanding the next steps of the Callie story arc, especially with the hindsight of how the episode ends with her just saying, I really, really love you. And then George just kissing her and ignoring her like a fucking dunce. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so Christina goes in to talk to Izzy and Izzy's like, tell me about Shiva. Um, and she does. And then she's like, this doesn't have to be Shiva. And she's like, no, I'm never going to see him again. So we're doing Shiva. And it's a good moment. Um, it's a nice, a nice moment between the two of them. And I like it. And I like when Christina's like listing all the stuff and she's like, gets to, she's like no clean clothes. That's what Izzy's doing. It's sad, but it's, it's a good, it's a good scene. Really powerful scene. And if you uh, are Jewish and you've, you've done Shiva, um, let us, let us know what some of the things that you, you see how they're coping and, and those similarities. I, I am not Jewish. Um, but I have I have been around very intense morning morning uh, traditions of of different cultures and religions, and um, it's sad. It's yeah. losing someone is never is never easy, and it's it's also tough because like you know we we were we were so hot, we were so heated last uh, on season two, the season two finale of like Izzy, why the why, why? like. You, how do right. you, you what do you, how do you love this guy? You've known him for four episodes. What? It doesn't make any sense. And then here it's like whatever we thought we knew about their relationship, like we didn't. Yeah, I mean, there's no would like when they in this episode, I mean, I don't question that she loves him, that he loved her. I just question all of the things that we didn't see that got us exactly. to that point. Right. Um, because I don't think it's like, oh, you're being dramatic or, oh, it's like a Romeo Juliet thing where you don't really know each other. Cause like, I'm like, okay, I do believe you, but I'm just like, I just wish we had seen more of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It is, uh, it Shiva's, inter- I mean, honestly, I think it's so interesting culture, be it a cultural thing or even just a family tradition, like different things people do to honor people when they pass i think that's super interesting so yeah if if anyone wants to reach out and share stories like that we'd love to hear it if you want to we can share it on the podcast or you can just share it with us privately but yeah it's super interesting to hear different things people do after something like that happens yeah yeah and also uh it was at this exact moment where she's like how would you feel if if if, if you never Burke. saw Burke again, yeah. And I was like, oh shit, we haven't seen Burke all episode. I know. Yeah, you were Is really, he okay? You, you literally <laughs> see him for like 30 seconds at the end of the episode. We'll get and there. I was like, yeah, we don't even know what's up with his arm. There's no resolution yet. Oh gosh. Sorry, right. you said it was gonna be fine, so it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Um Okay, so then we're back at the hospital. Alex is just like staring at the girls, and he's like, You want to see the baby? They're like, what baby? Like, your baby. They're like, it's not our baby. He's like, good, he's good like try, Alex. Good <laughs> he's like, sorry, Addison. That was my one idea. I got nothing left. Um, and then the parents are arguing with Addison and the chief in the conference room. And they're like, 
well, you can do whatever. Like we consent. And they're like, we don't need your consent. It's illegal. Like we have to have their consent, blah, 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 all this stuff. And they're all arguing. And that's when we get like the, oh, she doesn't have a curfew. Oh, she doesn't, she stole lipstick, whatever. And then we get the Addison Derek flashback. Now, shit is contradictory. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, also, Mark is not there. So the, yes! I'm confused. I have like a lot of confusion on this. So uh, up until this point, we have heard that Derek walks in on uh, Mark and Addison having sex, turns around and leaves. Says um, nothing. No says words. Nothing. So now we see Mark's not there. Derek is saying lots of things. Addison is screaming and crying. Now there's, you know, there's a plausible time gap. Maybe Derek left, went around the block, came back, Mark was gone. And then this happened. That's, I I mean, it's believable, right? It's not like impossible. It's just not the story we've been told so many times. So we kind of, as an audience have to do a little bit of work to make it line up, but it's fine. Cause it's, very well done. The scene is so great. Um, so Derek is like getting all of Addison's stuff. The sheets like throws them out of their house into the rain. Addison's like freaking out. She's like, no, you can't like we're Addison and Derek. We don't quit. And then he like physically puts her outside. She's crying. She's like banging on the door. She's saying, she's sorry. She's saying, please. He lets her back in. There's like a moment when you think maybe he's going to be over it. And then he's like, mm, I'll just leave. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a uh, it's a time. What were your it's, thoughts? Tell me all of them. So, okay, yeah. Lots of, lots of thoughts here. So, the first thing was, is like, he threw her shit out and then literally threw her out. Yeah. Like, you're out of the house. Yeah. Um, and, and so... I immediately wrote uh, because I, I I let the scene. This is one of the ones where I, I watched the whole scene and then I wrote my notes and I went back and I I rewatched it because mm-hmm. I needed to just like let this scene play out. Right. Um, and that's typically what I'll do for scenes that I'm in it and I'm like, oh wait, this is this is like a big scene, right? Um, so he threw he throws her out and then I had to go back and reflect on it. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to call out. Number one, to your point, this is nothing like they portrayed it, um, and they they made it a huge plot point with Mark being around that says, Oh, you know, blah, you don't even like you care. And then Addison's like, I just want to feel like you care. Blah, 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 blah. Like this looks like he cares. Uh, this looks like he was truly hurt. Um, I mean, you can be like absent or not fully committed to a relationship, but if you're not cheating, you you still might not expect that from the other person. Like this action right. would still be very hurtful. Even if you're just like distant, if you're going through something else, if you're like, who knows what, but you're not being like super connected to your partner, but you still don't see this coming. That could still hurt you. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting that they were like, Oh, like we're Addison and Derek. Like that's us. Like people, like, you know, people know us. Um, and uh, and then he's like, oh, not anymore. And then, and then there was that, that huge end scene of like, if you go now, we will never work. If you leave now, this will never get fixed. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so they're for sure never going to get fixed. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. um, but it doesn't help that he just, you know, fuck Meredith. Uh, but um, I, I guess I wonder how long after that he moves to Seattle. Like, in my mind, he leaves... 
and and like he goes to Seattle. He's making well enough money where he probably doesn't need to go home and get his clothes. They could just stay there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, in I, my I, mind, basically, he goes to a hotel. Is like, who can I call for a job? Calls maybe like five or six people, gets feelers out, hears back from Richard, and is gone within forty eight hours. That's yeah. my thought process. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I see things. Is he leaves and then he doesn't come back. Yeah. But really um, well written scene, really well they, acted they scene. Um, it is it is interesting because like this is the first time we ever see Addison like desperate, right? Yeah, she is. I mean, she is like. There's no part of me that doesn't think she regrets what she's done. Right. Right. But we see scenes where she's flustered. We see scenes where she's where she's upset. upset and she like wants more from Derek and she's like, I want you to care, but nothing to this level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I don't know if this is like means anything, but I noticed she says we're Addison and Derek. And he says, we're not Derek and Addison anymore. I'm like, you guys just, you, whoever is saying it puts themselves first. And I feel like that if that's an intentional point by the writers, I'm like, that makes sense because they're still putting themselves first, even though they're in this relationship together, they're each putting themselves in front of the other person. Does that make sense? Yeah. I actually did make a, I, I didn't make a note of it, but I did in the moment i was like oh yeah. that's that's weird but now that you're saying it i was like oh okay maybe it's symbolism who knows uh i i try to default to uh the alphabetical order when i address <laughs> people just to not offend anyone but that well, also gives me I'm excuse like... to, to list my name before jessica <laughs> yeah. at, at all times <laughs> I'm just like, but if, if you guys are going to do it in a different order, like you put the other person first both times, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Or you've just mutually decided this is how we we will introduce ourselves. <laughs> I will always be first or you will always be first and it will be grand. Because we're doctors and we have a brownstone. We are very, very wealthy. We are the top of our field. We are yeah. Addison and Derek. Moi. Derek and Addison. Moi. Um, anyways, so what a weird fun night we're having at, <laughs> we are all over the place. at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday. And you are just wasted from your singular Bud Light seltzer. With 5% per- alcohol. Ah. Okay. Listen, actually, can I just, de- can we derail this for a second? Like uh, we haven't already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we went to uh, Pride Fest this past weekend in Chicago and uh, super great. Uh, I got a little bit sunburnt. It's all fine. Um, but we, we, uh, we got a couple drinks and I don't usually drink at fest because they're so expensive, Mm -hmm. but there was one Mai Tai, uh, like canned cocktail, 12 and a half percent alcohol in that can. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until after I had finished it. And I was like, I feel, I feel funny. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, but someone got the exact, uh, the, the other cocktail, 7% alcohol, same price. And I said, Hey, don't fucking buy that one next time. <laughs> yeah, get the, this get is the, a better deal. Get the jet. Yeah. This for is, your buck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That 12 and a half percent hit. And I had like three of them and I was kind of wasted. <laughs> Toasty. 
I mean, okay. I had I had multiple other drinks, but yes, those 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 three got me started. Um. Okay. So now we have um. <laughs> he's just drinking and raising his hand. I don't know what he wants. Um. <laughs> Nothing. Just saying hi. We have uh, another flashback. This is uh, Christina at the mixer. And she like sees Burke and she's like, oh my God, it's Preston. She like fangirls over Burke, but in like a student way, um, she's studied a lot of his work. She really wants to, to like him to mentor her. <laughs> He's just trying to hit on this other girl. And she's like, oh my God, let me list all these surgeries that I'm obsessed with. And I love you so much. Please teach me how to do surgery. You're so great. It's uh, really funny. <laughs> but also and, like, uh, even... I'm trying to think in, in the mind of someone who's egotistical, right? Which I am not. So I, I really have to force myself into. <laughs> I'm making a face. I know it's an audio podcast, but I'm making a face because Carmen's very egotistical. In, a, in a nice a fun way. way. In yeah, a fun in way. a fun way. Um, but, I'm, but I'm thinking like, listen, if, if I was hitting on a girl and someone came up to me and was like, oh my gosh, I love your music. I This Fret Trans, the greatest song I've ever heard, blah, 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 blah. I, 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 I covered it. I'd be like, I don't care what this girl is doing here right now. I don't care how hot she is. My fan needs me. Um, <laughs> like, but Burke was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Get out of here. Okay. I'm trying to fuck this girl. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Yes. Correct. Just two very different kinds of people. Uh, yes. Um, so then we also, in the same flashback, oh, it's bad. We get the first, we get the first George and Meredith interaction. I hate it. I it's hate gross. it so much. It's yep. gross. It's exactly how you imagine it. What this does for me is, um, emphasize how not terrible George is anymore. <laughs> like, wow, what a nice time. This isn't what we have to watch every single episode anymore. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> she's just, she's like leering at the chief the whole time. And then she just leaves and he's like, Oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> it's very awkward. Yeah. Um, George is a bitch. <laughs> um, in the past tense. Yes. George was a bitch. Yeah. Um, so they're back in the hospital. George and Derek are in the locker room. And he's like, I can't believe this is where we're going to die with the old crappy benches and the stale food. And Derek's like, there's food in the lockers. And then just starts going <laughs> through people's lockers. And George is like, that's Alex's apple. It's you're being rude. <laughs> it's just very funny. Um, and then, uh, we are back with Addison and they're like, she says, oh, we can, the baby is, oh, some, a double O, I don't know. The baby is, oh, something. So if any of the girls are AB, then they can't be the parents because of how blood typing works, which we all learned in like 10th grade biology and it means nothing anymore. Correct. And so they're going to blood type the parent, the girls to rule someone out. And so they have the plan. That's their plan. Uh, Callie is cooking. <laughs> At the house. What is she cooking? <laughs> what know. on earth is she cooking? <laughs> Scrambled eggs? It's like a giant wok of like yellow and green sauce. <laughs> and then she puts something else in it. She she actively adds to the mix, but it, it's all indistinguishable. It's you just can't business. tell. 
they it's, were just like, here's some props. Just like be busy. That's what it, on stage, like in, in theater, they would be like, make sure you're doing your business. Like you have to be doing something with purpose. Like it has to be, but you have to be doing your business. That's what we would call it. So just, she's just doing your business. I hate it. I just want to know what you, <laughs> Hey, Shonda, tell us what your intended food dish she was serving here was. Okay. I need to know as someone who hasn't had dinner yet. I have had dinner and I also made peach cobbler tonight and I ate some and I'm still very hungry because of this baby is taking all of my nutrients. I want some peach cobbler now. You're welcome. It was pretty good. I've made better, but I've also made worse. It just needed more peaches, I think, but it's still pretty good. The peaches are great. I just needed more of them. Okay. Um, so this is, oh, Finn shows up and Meredith is like, I gotta go. Um, so... This I'm an we, avoider. This is when we get the really cute Callie and Finn scene. And she's like, don't take it personally. We're all just like, it's terrible. Like none of us know what we're doing at all. Yeah. And, and that, this, we're so sorry. sorry. Uh, that's pretty much it. It was just a nice scene. I like it. I was going to say it, but it, but it doesn't, it doesn't age well. It uses the word retarded yes. and you could, it ages itself. Uh, yeah. Because that was a comment. 2006. Yes. For sure. Um, and sorry, I'm on this, the website that I used, just trying to see if it says anywhere what Callie's cooking <laughs> in this scene. Um, so it's just a nice moment. And then I like when she says it's just high school with scalpels. Uh, it's just a nice little matter. She's like, we just do school, 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 school. And then we get out and we don't know how to be human beings. That's all we know is science. Um, and so then but he went to vet I know, school. <laughs> he also was in school for a long time. Like <laughs> it's not that great of an argument. Yeah, it's weird. He had a wife who died. Uh, yeah, it's sad. Uh, and so then Izzy is talking to Meredith and Izzy asks about when the bomb went off and she's like, did you feel like everything was in slow motion? She's like, no, like I was, he was there and then he wasn't there anymore. Like he stopped existing because it was a bomb. And so then Izzy says that she feels like she's in slow motion and everything else is regular. And then she just has a really sad moment when she's just like, how did this happen? Where is Denny? And I'm like, this is very upsetting. <laughs> I don't like this. Also, Meredith didn't love the bomb guy. Yeah. But I think they were Iz Izzy's just trying to find she's grappling for something to relate. That's to. fair. That's a good point. Really good point. Didn't think of that. Yeah, it's it's sad. Um, George says. Uh, and they're in the locker room and she's like, oh, Izzy ate a lot of snacks. And Derek's like, why do you say eight? She eats. She's present tense. And he's like, no, she kind of feels like she's not like she's never coming back here again. Like she's done. Um. And then Richard shows up and George is like, cool, can we leave? And he's like, no, you cannot leave. So that's fun. On the contrary, I have terrible news. Uh, and then we get the Derek and Meredith flashback. Yay. They're at Joe's. He's eyeing her. He comes over. She's like trying to ignore him. And um, he's like, what's your story? And he goes, she goes, I don't have a story. I'm just a girl in a bar. And he goes, Oh cool. I'm just a guy in a bar. And that's where we pick up in the first episode, basically. Yeah. He says, um, 
he had said something like a side joke of like, oh, it's just trying to hide my pain. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And then uh, at, at one point he said the, the cheesy, I'm someone you need to get to know to love. Yeah. Because uh, she's he's like, oh, you're ignoring me. And she's like, well, I'm trying to. And he says, well, don't because you need to get to know me to love me. Yeah. And here's the thing, Derek. That's not true because I loved confident. you. I loved you on episode one. And now I hate you. <laughs> the more I know, know you, you, the less the, I love you. <laughs> yeah. So you are wrong. <laughs> and with that, we shall take a small pause for everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Thunder. Oh, I hope you all missed that. And now you have it back in your life. We only have one this episode, which is shocking because there are so many extra people in this episode. I'm going to take a guess. Okay. Is it a man or a woman? It's a woman. We're still here. Don't worry. It is. I'm looking at my notes because usually I could tell where, where Kelsey puts the living in Shondaland in by the next note that I have. Um, it is the Shannon. It's the Shannon girl. No, but it is her mom. Damn it. So close. <laughs> so you were very close. Um, Jessica Tuck, who plays Shannon's mother. Um, she was in one episode of Scandal and one episode of Private Practice and not Shondaland. She was in High School Musical, the mom of Ryan and Sharpay Evans in High School Musical wow. 2 and 3. So that's what's really important here, guys. So there you go. That was good. That was good. We missed it. We missed it last week. Last episode, not last week. We yeah, did it yeah. last week. You guys had it last episode. Yeah. Um, okay, so Addison and Alex uh, are back with the baby. They're talking like, basically, they're like, how could Alex is saying, I don't understand how you could do this. And Addison's like, I understand how you could make a wrong choice in a moment, but I don't understand how you can then move forward as though you have done nothing wrong. Yeah, like, how do that you was a great living? scene. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the way she explains it a lot. I like, I like, this is the last Addison and Alex scene we had together was negative it was them like butting heads and like him being shitty we don't see any jump for how he got here but i'm here for it i love it he's working really hard he's working with her they're working great together i don't care that we don't have the explanation i'm assuming the explanation is this terrible thing happened and he's like maybe i'll just be less shitty now (laughs) and that's fine that's good enough for me yeah because i like this dynamic yeah it's it's great and i think it's a it's a it's a really awesome point for all of us to remember, right? Like panic and making bad decisions are normal. That's human, right? It's how do you move on from it? And it's how do you accept the consequences of your actions? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Having sex at the age of 14, bad decision. Panicking, bad decision. Uh, But how do you leave a child in a trash can and then not come forward immediately? Like those are the things. And then how, now how do you live your life? Right. Um, it's just it's it's interesting uh but anyways yeah yeah really great scene for the two of them yeah uh they get the blood test back and they've basically narrowed it down from four to two so they ruled out two of the girls so now they know that it's one of the other two uh bailey goes to talk to omar apparently giselle has died we don't know until she tells him we learn that she's died (laughs) because he she tells omar through the door that his wife is dead this is a very sad scene for both people because uh, Omar starts to understandably have a panic attack. 
uh, Bailey wants to get in and help him, but the guy won't let her in. Uh, so then she has to like talk him down through the door and he's sad. He's broken. His wife has died. Um, this is what, when you were talking about earlier, her saying like, Oh, I should have stepped in sooner. I should have taken over. I should have done more. Very, very sad scene. Um, it's powerful. They both do a great job. Yeah. And it's uh, it's also crazy, too, because like imagine you're in that scenario, right? Like you're you're in a quarantine. You you may have the plague. Your wife is dead and you can't. There's nothing that anyone can do. She couldn't go in there. And she's like, hand on the glass. Let's do this, man. Come on. Like yeah, this is I mean, this is like too real with with the COVID yeah, stuff that happened. Yeah. And people who who passed. It's kind of the other way around, like the people in quarantine in the hospital who were dying alone, basically only with nurses or like with their loved ones on, on FaceTime and iPads. And it's just heartbreaking to think about that, that this became such a reality for a lot of people. Um, so, but I think they, they portrayed it very well and kind of brought it all back together to your point earlier about Bailey and the Denny situation. So, but yeah, it's uh, very sad. And then they have a very, uh, like a short, but, pertinent conversation about he's like do you believe in heaven and she's like i have to she's like the, this job like i have to believe that when you die you go somewhere else and it's just a nice moment because i feel like that's again in medical shows you watch a lot yeah like a trope where they're either like staunchly against it or they're like no i have to or i can't do this job which what I think show is interesting. what show was it where oh you know it was an episode of scrubs I remember. It always is. Yeah. Um, in case you haven't noticed, I like scrubs. Uh, but there was something where it's like, um, I think it was Dr. Cox and uh, his sister. Someone in the family had died. It brought them together. And he he gives her a hard time. And it's like, why, why do you believe in God? Like, why? And she's like, listen, our, our father was a heavy alcoholic abused the both of us through through beer bottles at us all these shitty things have happened death all this and it's like i need something to believe in right and and i think that that's something that is very common in medical shows and it's also like it's just in life having something to believe in um because our brains can't wrap ourselves around exactly what izzy's going through where is denny denny is dead there's what no explanation that to right. that. So I don't know. Really, really great scene. Uh, God, Bailey is just so good. And it kind of the, the general concept that we're discussing now reminds me of the Christmas episode that we got with Christina and Burke and uh, the kid who needed the heart transplant. And they had like a similar conversation where yeah. she's basically like, you're religious. And he's like, I'm spiritual. And you know, it, it means different things to, to every different person. But, uh, it's it's always interesting when they when people of science specifically address address it on on shows like this. Um, so yeah, it's a sad scene, but very very well done. Um, so George and Derek are still in the locker room. George is freaking out, and Derek's really not amused. And then George is like, "You're an ass," and I'm just like, "It's true, you are an ass." And then yeah. he's like, oh, look at you, me. I have a beautiful wife and my perfect hair and a gorgeous ex-mistress who's in love with me, blah, blah, blah. 
And then they have a nice conversation about telling people they love each other. And George is like, well, you've already done stuff. So if you die, nobody cares. Which I was like, the logic here is backwards, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, George is like, oh, Callie told me she loves me and I can't say it back. And Derek says, do you? And he goes, I might soonish. He goes, I will love you soonish, which I think is a very funny sentence. Um, and then George is like, did you ever tell Meredith? And Derek says, no, which never occurred to me that they hadn't said it to each other other than when she says, she says it in like her speech of like, pick me, choose me, love me. But I was like, Oh, that's interesting that they never said it. And I just, assumed they had um which i think is the point is that you kind of take for granted that you can say it and you don't always right. say it and um, Derek even says he's like you need to tell her before it's too late and she's like oh before she dies she's like no before someone else says it <laughs> or someone else yeah. comes along and fucks it up yeah and and it is he's giving he's doing that thing where he's giving good advice to someone and yeah. he's being a shit person uh, yeah. we saw it all with, uh, his friend and yeah. the, the, the wife who was going to get all the stuff and like, yeah. he was giving good advice and then he turns around and he but just, just does, like, he just treats follow it yourself. A, yeah. Like it's not that hard. Uh, so I thought that was very ironic and, and I yeah. imagine we'll either see more scenes like that, uh, where Derek is giving good advice to people and not following his own fucking advice, uh, <laughs> or they're just going to break up, which I still don't know what's going to happen with these kids. These I will love crazy you. Crazy kids. <laughs> Um, so Meredith goes back down to the kitchen and Callie goes, I'm going to leave the room for a period of time for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and I'm like, I love her. And I'm so glad that we're getting to see more of the normal side and fun side of her and not just like the weird, <laughs> I live in the hospital basement and I'm in love with George side. So he's my um, McDreamy. Yeah. So Finn and Meredith have a conversation and he's like, listen, I don't know what happened with you and Derek and I don't really want to technically we're not exclusive. So like, I, I'm not like breaking up with you. I'm mad, but I'm not like, I'm not breaking up with you because we weren't exclusive, but I do want you to know that I am going to fight for you. So that's fun. And then he explicitly is like, Hey, uh, Derek is bad. Like he's bad news. It's like, true. He's bad for you. He's shitty. So just in case you were curious, he's garbage. But dang, Finn, respect. You're still trying to smush. Truly. Like, man, you got plans, bro. Got he's, fucking he's plans. He's in it to win it. Um, so Adele is over Richard and his bullshit. She's like, I'm done waiting. I'm done you picking all these other things over. It's time to retire. Like, I'm fucking done. And he's like, oh, well, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, so then Addison has the two girls and she's like lecturing. She's like, this baby, by the time you guys figure out that what you've done is wrong, this it's going to be too late. This baby's going to be dead. And talks to them. And then one of them is like, it's me, whatever. And then she's like, don't tell my mom. And then Addison says, thank you for telling the truth. <laughs> and I'm like, this is that's what she wants to say to Derek because she wants Derek to tell the truth, but she knows that he won't. So she just has panties in her pocket. Um, and then George and Derek finally get released. Addison and Alex are operating on the baby and Addison's like, oh, it's sad because this baby, you know, even if we fix him, he's going to his mom's going to go to jail. And the grandparents are so clueless. They didn't even know that their daughter was pregnant and Alex is like, 
well, you can get over a bad childhood. You just have to survive it. And then like you can get over it, which, you know, it's just a reminder that we know very little about Alex's childhood, but we know that it was bad from that very abusive episode with the dad and the kid and the mom. So it's just like a, a little reminder, like, oh, we don't we don't have this story fully fleshed out, but just, you know, brace Alex, yourselves because Alex it's going to be a, a shit show. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get it. Um, George gets home and Callie greets him. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. Here. I was so worried. And he's like, yeah, I was also so worried about me. <laughs> I was like, OK. Um. And she's like, I really love you. Like, I'm just so glad you're okay. And then he kisses her and doesn't say it. And Derek makes a face. And I'm like, you don't get to make faces, Derek. Just go away from everybody. Ever. Like, Derek, you were on the you were on the fence from losing your face. You're gonna yeah, just please. You don't get a face anymore. I will take your face. Um, so then Derek goes to talk to Meredith, and then she says, What does this mean? Everyone's favorite question. And he says, well, it means that you have a choice to make and I love you and I've always loved you. And when I had a choice to make, I made the wrong choice. So I want you to think about it. I don't want to rush you, but it is up to you. So what did you take that to mean? That Derek fucking sucks and he's the fucking worst. He goes back to this, this, this good guy bullshit. Derek, it's not you fucked her. You did all this shit. You cheated on your wife. I don't care who initiated the kiss. I think it was you, though, Derek. Um, And it's not her choice to make. She's not married to anyone. So do you think that he is making a choice regardless of what Meredith is doing? Or do you still think he's going to wait for her lead? I think he's still going to wait for her lead because he's a piece of shit. Okay. Um, and it, it'll just it'll just go back down to like, Derek, how could you do this to Addison? Like, listen, I had no choice. It's not my fault. <laughs> no choice. I've never had a choice in my life. And I, I, what was I supposed to say to Meredith? No, don't have sex with me. I'm no, married. I'm chasing you down the hallway, but please don't sleep with me. Stop it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, no, it's it. I, I hated that scene. It's so stu- it's so dumb. I understand that if you're one of those people where you've you, where you watched live, you're like, I just want Derek and Meredith together. I get it. I see it. I understand it. I feel you. But no, it's not good. <laughs> but in this moment, it's terrible. Ever since Addison came into the picture. It's terrible. <laughs> I have not wanted Derek and Meredith to be together. If Addison yeah. doesn't exist, sure. Do an on again, off again, uh, Ross and Rachel, uh, JD and Elliot thing. Do whatever you want. But just not with Addison in the picture. Just don't fucking do it. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, then we go back to Adele and Richard and she's like, are you going to retire? And he's like, you just told me, like, can I have a little time? And she's like, no. I cannot give you more time. I have no more time. I've given you literally all of the time, my whole life of time. So that's fun. Um, And then we see Addison pin the panties on the board under the lost and found sign. And Christina goes to see Burke. This is such a cute scene. I love this. It's such a short scene, but she's like, oh, I've been with Izzy. And he's like, oh, how is she doing? And then she just starts crying. And she's like, please don't die. 
Um, and he's like, oh, I'm going to try my best. But it, like she starts crying and he just goes, oh, oh, <laughs> I just love them so much. I just think they're precious beans. Um, so cute. I love them so much. I just think it's such a good scene, even though it's we really don't get much Burke in this episode. But it's nice that they did. They did bring him in at the end to be like, just, you know, Christina was there for her friends, but she does still care about Burke. Uh, and then we get a flashback to them all leaving the mixer together. And Izzy's like, oh, can you believe tomorrow we're going to be surgeons? And then back at the house, Izzy gets up off the floor. Meredith is there and Izzy's like, okay, I'm ready. And and they take off the prom dress and the episode ends. And then fuck. Oh, <laughs> it's very sad. Um. So. All right. What do you rate this episode? Um, I can give it a, um, resident point seven. Cause it's good. And honestly, I don't think it's the episode's fault. I think it was a lot on me waiting for things that I was confused about on other episodes, but it's just like not a big first. It's not a big season premiere. Like not anything crazy happens when I understand, like it doesn't need to like, because of the way season two ended. I think this is carries the story very well. It's just like comparatively to some other season premieres, um, not anything like too crazy, medically speaking. Uh, I do like the Derek and George stuff because I think it's funny. It's not a dynamic we see. I do like, to your point, all of them one on one with Izzy in the bathroom. Love the Alex and Addison stuff. Uh, so I just think it's a good episode. Like it's above average, but it's not like <sighs> I'm not blown away. But uh, yeah, so three three point seven. What about you? I I actually am rating it higher. Um, a fellow I'll point, allow it. a fellow point two. I'm giving okay. this a, a four point two. I actually really enjoyed this episode. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a good episode for drama or humans exploding, uh, but it was a very just well written episode. Yes, uh, agreed for sure. You see, sorry, podcast burp. You see so many people dealing with their grief and loss and guilt in so many different ways um you see basically and this is this is very reminiscent of what it was like i think i'd mentioned this before in the scene where dr cox loses like four patients because of uh uh a a donor went brain dead and and they didn't test for rabies and four patients died in one episode and he spends the next like episode or two drinking and, and in silence and people come to visit him and that you get these one-on-one scenes with him. It felt like you were getting those one-on-one scenes with Izzy and they were all trying to talk her back to like, uh, to life. And, yeah. um, that's one of the reasons that I really enjoy this. I really also like the cliffhanger of what, uh, Weber's going to do with the decision that Adele puts on him. Um, I hated the, the, the white, Von Trapp crazy <laughs> kids. I hate all of them. I hate all the families. I hate all the, the, the daughters. Um, great, great scene for Alex and Addison's chemistry. Uh, I still hate Derek and the Meredith situation. The only thing that I really don't like was uh, the, the George and Callie dynamic. Yeah. It's, it's uncomfortable now to me. One episode, I get it. Two episodes, okay, just like you love her or you don't. Like, stop stringing her along. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. That's that's that's. Uh, but but grade A performance by by uh, Chandra Chandra what? Shonda. Shonda. Shonda rhymes. 
No, no, Chandra is, is Dr. Bailey. Chandra Wilson. Chandra Wilson. I know yes. Shonda. She, we're I living know, in was, Shonda land. I was very confused on how you didn't know that for a moment, but I understand what, what happened. Chandra Wilson. Um, yes. So yeah, really great. God, that she had the performance of of the episode so far. She has the, she has the performance of the season so far. Yeah, agreed. Um. Okay, cool. So I think that's it. Uh, do you have any predictions? Or are you? Yeah, I don't think we really. You made your panty predictions. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our, our, new, be fine. our new segment, panty predictions with Carmen and Kelsey. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing. I, I'm, I'm curious now, though. You've got me curious. I might just go watch the next episode right now. No. Oh, okay. No. No. Uh, bad, Carmen. No, bad. bad. Down. Squirt. <laughs> <laughs> click, click. Um, uh, so, yes, uh, apologies again for panting, but sitting up is equivalent to me, like, running a mile. So that's fun. So sorry I'm out of breath for doing nothing. But just trying to just trying to survive. Um, so I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. Thanks for coming back for season three. If you have a second to share us on your socials, you can follow us at Grace Academy Pod on Instagram. You can email us at graceacademypod at gmail.com. If you have anything to say to us or if you just want to be like, oh, my God, hi, we love you. We love you back. So we'll tell you that if you email us. Uh, if you want to follow our personal Instagrams, I am at chaotically Kelsey and Carmen is Carmen.Gabriel.Official. And you can follow us there as well. If you have a moment to rate our podcast or give us a review, that would be super helpful. We will shout you out on the show if you do that. It helps people find us. Again, we are still seeing more and more people listen every week, uh, which is super cool. So thank you guys for sharing and telling your friends. We really appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. So we're super excited to get into season three. Another another crazy time up in the Grazeland. Um, remember, if uh, if you do reach out to us. No spoilers. Don't do it. Don't think about it. Because we will disown you as a fan and a friend and as a family member. Uh, And we will see you all in the next one.